not Pastor Evan's word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. Heaven and earth is going to pass away. But your word will never pass away. Thank you that your word is quick, it's powerful, it's alive, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And because your word is alive, God, it's able to go inside of our hearts and make changes we couldn't make on our own. And so I step back now so the Spirit of God can use me to articulate the word of God in such a way that transformation is going to take place in our lives. Thank you for those who are watching via the lens. And I pray in Jesus' name that nothing will distract them or break their focus on what's being said today. And I declare in Jesus' name that signs, miracles, and wonders are going to follow the word today in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody say amen. Amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. We're in a series entitled Greater. Everybody say greater. Because the prophetic word that we've declared for 2021, that this is going to be a year of great reward and great things. Everyone say great reward and great things. Now, biblically, we define, and I'm getting ready to just do a small summary, but biblically, we define the word greater to mean more mighty and infinitely superior in importance, in size, in significance than anything or anybody. In other words, God is uno, uno. Amen? And our first lesson that we looked at was called God is greater. Say God is greater. And the focus of this lesson that we talked about was to help you and I see that God is greater. He's more mighty. He's infinitely superior in importance and size than anything else that we will face in this life. So whatever you may face in 2021, don't put, don't listen, don't lose any sleep over it because God's got it. Amen. And then we discovered that the only thing that becomes greater than God is any lie that you and I choose to believe that undermines his power. In other words, God is greater. He's infinitely above and higher than anybody else. However, the only thing that becomes greater than God is when you and I choose to believe a lie just like Adam and Eve did. And when they did that, it actually caused them to lose the power and authority that God had given to them. Say amen to that. They chose to believe a lie and that caused them to now get dispositioned in their power and authority. And that's why Jesus had to come. Jesus came so that he could destroy what the devil had did in the lives of Adam and Eve. In fact, 1 John 3, 8, they're going to put it on the screen. It says this, he that commits sin is of the devil for the devil sins from the beginning. For this purpose, what purpose? For the purpose of sin was the Son of God manifested, watch this now church, that he might destroy the works of the devil. 
So the whole goal of Jesus Christ's coming was to destroy what the enemy had done from the beginning. Then our second lesson, we called it, You Are Greater. Everybody say, You Are Greater. That was a lesson that I asked you to go and watch twice because one of the barriers, I believe, in people accessing God's best for them is them. In other words, they don't have the confidence, they don't have the, the right self-image and perspective for them to feel worthy enough for God's blessing. And you and I, when we invite Jesus Christ into our lives, he restores the spiritual position that Adam and Eve had lost. And you and I, we become what the Bible calls new creations in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away and behold, all things have become new. Amen. And so you and I at this point, now we can literally say greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. In other words, my point in saying this is to show you that when we, when I say you are greater, it's because the greater one lives on the inside of you. Say amen to that. So today, if you're taking notes, my lesson title is the reward side of God. The reward side of God. Now, just look at your neighbor and just tell him, put your seatbelt on. Now, if you're watching through the lens, just go ahead and put it in the comment section. Y'all better put your seatbelt on. All right. So, today, the message title is the reward side of God. But the whole focus is for me to help you understand that God is a rewarder to those who seek him. And then I'm going to show you how to position yourself to receive the rewards of God. Amen. So we're going to go to Hebrews chapter 11, verse six. That is our primary text for the morning. And then we're going to use it as our platform because I believe after today's message, it can literally reposition your thinking to receive God's best. You know, because it's your thinking that keeps you back from God's best. In fact, it's your, it's your thinking that keeps you from living the type of life God wants you to live. And that's why Romans 12 says, be not conformed to this world, but be, watch this, transformed by the renewing of your mind. And when you renew your mind, he says, you'll be able to prove what's good and what's acceptable and what God's perfect will is. So our thinking is the only thing that stands between God's best and where we are. Amen. So Hebrews eleven six says this out of the King James, but without faith, it is what class? Come on, class. Come on, class. Come on at home. What does it say? Impossible. Without faith, it is impossible to please God for he that comes with God, comes to God must believe that God is. And watch this now. Here's the part we're going to look at today. And everybody say and. You know, and or conjunctions are important. So he's connecting this sentence we're about to read with the sentence we had just read. He says, and God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now, I'm going to read this out of the New Living Translation. It says this, and it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who comes to him must believe that God exists. And watch this, that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Now, do y'all see there that it says in God's word that God rewards those who seek him? How many saw that? How many saw that? All right. So let's look at now what the word reward means, because if God tells me that he's going to reward me, I want to know what the word reward means. And then after I figure out what the word reward means, then what I want to do is position myself so that I can start receiving them. Say amen to that. 
So the word rewarder, when you look it up, it means, listen now, this is good. One who pays wages. That's what it means. One who pays wages. And listen, the Greek word for this word rewarder is only used one time in the whole entire Bible. There are 66 books in the Bible, and I can't tell you how many words there are in the Bible, but I'm, saying, I'm telling you this, that this word rewarder, the Greek word for this word, is the only time it's been used in the whole Bible right here. In other words, when only one thing is, you know, when, when you only have one of something, then it makes it exclusive. It makes it exquisite. It makes it valuable. Why? Because it's only one of one. In fact, if you go and trace these real exotic cars, I like cars, and one of the things that I noticed is when a manufacturer makes one of a one, man, you're gonna, it's going to take a lot of money to buy that car. Why? Because they've only made one of them. And watch this. There is nothing to compare its value to. Now, when you understand that, then you'll understand how valuable you are. Because I don't care how many millions or billions of people that will ever be born on this earth, you and I are the only ones with the fingerprint that we have. And in other words, listen now, you are one of one. Amen. This word rewarder is a type of word that it, it really should catch our attention because it's really God saying, I want you to pay attention to this word because I'm only going to use it one time. Amen. So if we read Hebrews 11:6 in its proper meaning, just like we've defined it, this is what it's going to read like. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is, watch this now, and that he is one who pays wages to those who diligently seek him. That's good teaching right there, church. This means that God is my source of increase, income, and in prosperity. I'm going to say that again because, see, some of you all are mad at your job because they're not paying you what you feel you are. I've been there 25 years, and I haven't got a raise yet. Well, maybe it's because... Your job is not the one who, who rewards you. Maybe you got your eyes on the wrong person. Amen. God is the rewarder, one who pays wages to those who diligently seek him. That means God is my source of increase, income, and payment. And see, this lines up with Genesis chapter 15, verse 1. I'm going to read this because it talks about Abraham, but I want to show you because this, this, this verse, uh, it, it relates exactly to Genesis 15, 1. It says this, And after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, watch this, Fear not, Abram. Watch what God says to him. He says, I am your shield and I am your exceeding great what? Reward. God told Abram. He said, listen, nobody else will be able to reward you like me. He says, I want you to know that I'm your shield. In other words, I'm the one that's going to protect you. But I also want you to know, Abraham, that I am your great reward. And this is where our faith sometimes get derailed because we make the thing that we're wanting or we're desiring the reward. Okay, I'm going to say this again. See, this is where a lot of believers' faith gets derailed because they put their faith in what they want. 
And when they, what they want does not happen or they don't get it the way they thought they should or it didn't happen at all, then their faith gets derailed. When your faith was in the thing, not in the person who made the thing. Amen. We begin to listen, pursue the blessing, not realizing that the source of the blessing is the blesser. It sounds like my increase is connected to my diligence in seeking God. Amen. Now, let's look at the word diligence because we see the word reward means for that God is going to uh, pay me. Okay, it, that's what it basically means. Well, the word diligence means to investigate, to crave, to search out and to inquire. In other words, God pays wages and he brings increase to those who crave him, search him out and inquire of him. So our prosperity is tied to our pursuit of God. Watch this. Not just our pursuit in things. I'm going to say that again because I'm going to point something out you may never have ever seen. See, when we pursue God, when we diligently inquire of him, when we focus our attention and we go after God, our prosperity is tied to that pursuit, not just in the pursuit of the things. Now, Matthew 6.31, I'm going to show you three things about this verse, and then I'm going to show you how you and I can pursue God in a way that we fall in line for reward. Matthew 6, 33, uh, verse 31 says this, Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall I eat? What shall I drink? What shall I wear? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek, or I'm going to use the word unbelievers because in that context it was unbelievers. He said, listen, don't worry about what you're going to eat and what you're going to drink and what you're going to wear. Don't worry about school clothes for your kids, even though there's no school right now in most cases. Right? I mean, my son, he had you know school on video and so they wear uniforms so Landon had on his uniform shirt and had on boxes at the bottom (laughs) (laughs) dad they only see the top of me I'm like okay son whatever you say it says for after all these things are the Gentiles seek for your heavenly father knows that you have need of all these things watch verse 33 he says but seek Ye, what? First, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And watch this. And then all these, watch this now. Here's the key word. All these what? Come on, all these what? Come on, type it in the comment section. All these what? All these things will be added to me. So he's saying, if I will focus on him and pursue him and give my focus to him, he says, all the things that I want or the Gentiles need will be given. So I want to show you three things about this verse that lines up with our focus today, which is uh, God is a rewarder. Here's the first one. I want you to notice that it said for us to seek first the kingdom of God, which implies, listen, that other things can be pursued or sought as well. Because when you see the word first, then that means there's a second and there's a third and there's a fourth. So when he says seek first the kingdom, what he's saying is that's a matter of priority. Now, he didn't say I couldn't seek other things. He just said that needs to be priority. So number one, seeking first the kingdom applies that there are other things that you and I can seek. Now, see, this also can explain where people, uh, you know, when, when people prosper, and they're not serving God, 
and they're not giving to God and they're not focused on God, this kind of shows us why they still prosper. Because anything that you work hard at, if you're doing it right, you should see some kind of prosperity or increase. Do you agree with me? In other words, if you work hard at something, if you're doing the right thing, eventually you're going to see some prosperity from it. But then Matthew 6, 26 give us balance. It says, for what is a man profited if he gains the whole world, watch this, and loses what? Lose his own soul. Or what shall a man ex- give in exchange for his soul? In other words, what I'm saying is, the first thing we need to know is that God says, seek first the kingdom and then all the things will be added, which says that there are other things that we could seek first. But he's saying, I want you to seek this kingdom first. Here's the second thing I want you to notice. Notice that increase is the result of you and I seeking first the kingdom of God or God's way of doing things. In other words, he's saying, if you seek me first, increase is going to come. Now, the amplified version of Matthew 6.33 says this, but seek aim at and strive after first of all everybody say first of all first of all his kingdom his righteousness which means watch this his way of doing and being right so when you're talking about seeking first the kingdom he's saying i need you to do it my way see the world has its way unbelievers have their way even carnal believers have a way but he said, no, I want you to do it my way. And when you do it my way, watch the word the rest of that verse says. And then all these things taken together will be given you besides. So listen now. The goal in diligence seeking God or diligently seeking God is us to know him and to grow in him. The whole purpose in us diligently seeking him. So that he can reward us. The goal is for us to know him and grow him. Grow in him. Everybody say to know him and to grow in him. In other words, maturity should come out of our pursuit of God. And see, here's the thing. Let me be honest with you. Some things, some blessings, some increase is only going to come through maturity. Let me read Galatians 4 and then I'm going to explain it to you. Galatians chapter 4. See, some of you are not ready for blessings you think you're ready for. Watch this. Galatians chapter 4, look in verse... Let's look in verse 1 or verse 4. It says, now I say that the heir... I think this is Genesis, uh, Galatians 3. I don't know where I'm at, but they, they got it up there. Now I say that the heir... As long as he is a child, notice the state of this heir. An heir is someone who is inheriting something. He says, as long as the person who's an heir is a child, he is not different from a servant, though he be Lord of all. But he is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the father. Even so we, now he's comparing us, when we were children, we were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of the time was come, watch this, God sent forth his son made of a woman, made under the law to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. Watch verse 6. And because we are sons, he's talking about us now. God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Wherefore, you are now no more a servant, but a what? 
but a son. And if you are a son, you are an heir of God through Christ. Now, I'm going to read not the whole thing, but I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation because I think it helps. It says, think of it this way. If a father dies and leaves an inheritance for his young children, those young children are not much better off than slaves until they grow up. Even though they actually own everything their father had, they have to obey their guardians until they reach whatever age the father set. And that's the way it was with us in Christ when he came. We were like children. We were like slaves basic uh, to the basic spiritual principles of the, uh, of the world. But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. Here's what I wanted you to see. I wanted you to see that until you and I grow up, there are just some blessings that we're not ready for. Some of us can't handle certain blessings right now. It would really destroy some of us. Some of you just need to grow up to get it. See, that's why last week I talked about knowing who you are. Because, listen, your confidence in who you are in Christ Jesus is connected to the reward. Hebrews 10.35 says this. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, watch this, which has a great repayment or payment of reward. Your confidence is necessary for you to grasp the reward that God has for you. And see, here's the thing. Let me tell you something that you may not know. Some of you all are not ready for the hundredfold because you're not ready for the persecution that comes with it. No, 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 no. Let me tell you something that nobody never told you. Have y'all ever heard the term that they're trying to knock the person at the top off. Well, that's kind of like scripture. Let me just show you something about scripture. If you don't know this, it takes a certain level of knowing who you are and thick skin in order to access the hundredfold. Watch this now. Mark chapter 10, verse 28. Then Peter said unto him, he says, Lord Jesus, we've left all to follow you. And Jesus said in verse 29, Verily I say unto you, there's no man that has left his house, his father, his, his brethren, his sisters, his mother, his children, or lands, and, and for my sake in the Gospels, watch verse 30. But this person shall receive a hundredfold win. Come on now, win. Come on now, win. Okay, so the hundredfold that Jesus is talking about has nothing to do with them dying and go to heaven. He's saying, listen, when you leave, when you, but listen, I'm going to say it like this. When you relinquish your desires... And you do what I desire. He says, then, guess what? You position yourself. And he says, you'll get a hundredfold in this time, houses and brethren and mothers and children. And watch this. And lands, what's the next two words though? With what? With what? With persecutions. See, some blessings come with persecution. And if you're not ready to handle that, you have to, listen, don't get mad at God for what you don't have. What you need to do is grow in him so you can know him, so you can handle the persecution when it comes, because it's going to come. Amen. There is nothing that you and I are going to achieve in life that doesn't have a price connected to it. Amen. Listen. I was at a car wash, uh, I don't know, this was last year, and uh, this guy came up to me, and he complimented my car, and I was like, okay, good, and this is what he said to me. I'm not going to use the word he used on me. I'm going to sweeten the word. 
okay? Because people in the world, when they talk to me, they don't know who I am and what I do, so they just use whatever language they need to express themselves. I don't look down at them at all. So he says, man, if I had that car, he says, you know what? That car is a, is a, a lady magnet, but he didn't use the word um, lady. He used another word. And I didn't understand what he meant. I was like, well, you know, because me, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not all the way in the world like that. I was like, a, a what magnet? And so when he broke it down, I was like, oh, that's what he mean. And you know what I said to him? I said, man, you'll never get a car like this. Because this is what he said to me. He said, if I had a car like that, I would cheat on my wife all the time. I said, that's why you ain't got it. See, when you grow up, you will learn that your blessings don't make you. You make the blessing. The car don't make me look good. I make the car look good. Right? <laughs> so, let me, don't hear what I'm not saying, though. Don't hear what I'm not saying because, see, there, is, there are extremists out there. And extremists will say, well, I don't need to seek God for him to love me. Well, you're right, but we're not talking about God, you having to seek him for him to love you. No, because we're just talking about pursuing him for you to get rewarded. And listen, God's love for you cannot be earned at all. Amen. His love for you cannot be earned. There is nothing you and I can do that or, or have or whatever to be loved by God. That's why salvation is free. Amen. If you had to work for salvation, then you earned it. And if you earned it, it's not free. Amen. Listen to Ephesians chapter 2 verse 4 because I'm getting ready to drop a bomb on you. It says this. For by grace are you saved. By what class? By grace are you saved through faith. And then that's not of yourself. What's not of yourself? Even the faith that you use to get saved with. He says that's not even of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Watch verse 9. Not of works lest any man should what? Salvation is free. There's nothing you can do to gain salvation through works. Let Let me say it like this. If grace saved me, grace must keep me saved. Oh, did y'all hear that? Because see, some of you all grew up where you lose your salvation because your salvation was connected to how you acted. Girl, you got drunk last night. You going to hell, girl. You mean you bet? Did you confess before you? See, some of y'all feel like that if you messed up and you go to sleep and you don't wake up, that you're going to go to hell because you didn't have time to confess whatever it was. Listen, that, listen that, that's not free. I'm going to say it again. If grace saved me, Grace must keep me saved. Once you and I have been delivered from darkness, we are no longer citizens of sin. Uh-oh, I'm stepping in something. Y'all see, y'all, y'all feeling that? I'm stepping in something, right? That's okay, I'm going to keep stepping. Here we go. I'm going to be like Martin. Step in, keep stepping, right? First Peter chapter 2, verse 9, watch what it says. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people who God has showed forth his praises of him, watch this, who called you out of darkness and put you into his marvelous light. Once you and I have been delivered from darkness, our master changes. 
See, when you were, when we were in darkness, the devil was our master. When we got saved, when God delivered us, and he took us out of darkness and he put us in the light, our master changes. We are no longer masters or slaves to sin. I'm going to say it again. If grace saved you, grace must keep you saved. Watch uh, Romans 5:19. It says, for as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. Watch this. So by the obedience of one, many were made righteous. Verse 20 says, moreover, the law entered that the offense might be abound. But where sin, watch this now, church, because see, some of you all, you, uh, watch this though. This is good. Where sin abound, what happened with grace? What did grace do? Grace much more abounded. So then watch verse 6. So what shall we say? Shall we continue with sin that grace may abound? In other words, let me tell you what he's saying. He's saying there is, not, there is not an amount of sin you can do that grace can't cover. That's what he's saying. He's saying, but then do you just keep doing what you want to do so grace can cover it? He goes on to say, well, no, God forbid. How shall we who are dead to sin live anything, anything longer, right? So watch this. As a believer... Living in sin becomes a choice, not a necessity. And, okay, so here's a bomb that I want to drop on you right here. You ready? This is deep now. Touch your neighbor and say, this is deep. This is deep. You are free from sin when you know you are free to sin. <laughs> oh, that's deep stuff right there. Let me just, let me just, see, some of y'all ain't heard this. You're like, hmm, I want you to think about this. You're not really free from sin till you know you're free to sin. See, that's why I, sin is a choice. You can't make me do it. I remember when I first got a hold of, of salvation and what it really meant. And when I learned that I couldn't earn it and I, and I learned that I couldn't work to keep it. When I learned that, I, this is a, I, I promise you, this was my first thought. I said, man, I can go back to smoking weed now. I'm talking to somebody right now. You're still smoking. Yeah. I, 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 I said to myself, hey, I can just go back and smoke weed because I'm free. But then guess what? That's when the words of Jesus came alive when he says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. See, I'm not keeping the commandments because I think I'm going to go to hell. No, no, no. I'm keeping the commandments because I love God. And I'm going to show you today, hopefully, that when you and I keep the word, when we're diligent in seeking God, not only will it bless us, but guess what? God rewards us. Because the reward side of God is him blessing us for us allowing his light in us to shine. Amen. See, Matthew 5, 16 says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify God. In other words, our good works are one of the things that people see that causes our light to shine. So what am I doing the good works for? I'm doing the good works not so I can stay saved. See, some of y'all need to learn today you're saved. That's free in itself. Because now I'm not, I'm not worried about Losing my salvation. I'm not worried about I ain't never been you know, worried about that. I'm just saying that when you get to the point where you know that 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 no weapon formed against you and you know that you are saved by grace and you know that the grace is going to cover your life. I'm not worried about I don't have a sin mind no more. I have a free mind. 
So our good works are not for us to get into heaven, but for men to see God through us and for God to reward us even, not just now, but also in eternity. Because here's the thing. When we do good works down here, it does two things. People see our good works and they glorify God. But it also puts us in position now to receive reward. And that's what he was talking about. And here's the problem. Most people, they don't do enough good works to even see the reward system work out for them. Now, you say, well, Pastor Evan, what, what about works and salvation? And I want you to put them in two different categories. By grace are you saved through faith. Boom. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Boom. If any time you try to mix works with your salvation, that don't work. Because then you have, quote unquote, the right to brag and say, I'm saved. Because, and, and, and recently, uh, I had an Uber driver to pick me up. I had left my car at the car wash for it to get waxed. So uh, it was going to take them longer than I didn't want to stay. So I just jumped on an Uber. They took me home. The car wash called me and told me it was ready. I called another Uber. They picked me up. And on my way to the Uber, I mean to the car wash, the guy was real curious who picked me up. You know, he says, man, what, what, what kind of car do you have at the car wash? Well, he was going to see it, so I told him. He's like, wow, well, well, what do you do? And so I told him, I said, I'm a pastor. I said, but, but don't, don't get this wrong. Just because I'm a pastor, every pastor don't live the kind of life I live. Because if it was based on my profession, every pastor would live this way. So it ain't based on my profession because every pastor don't live this way. You know what helps, helps you live this way? Faith does. So then I, I started questioning him. I said, how's your relationship with God right now? So I said, well, you know, I grew up Baptist and I kind of lost my way. I got baptized when I was little. And so, and then I said, well, if you died, where would you go? I said, because heaven and hell is real. So where would you go if you died? So he thought, he said, well, you know what? I, I, I think I would go to heaven. I said, well, then tell me, why would you go to heaven? He says, well, because I'm a, I'm a good person and I try to treat everybody nice and, and I try to do good things and I try to people, treat people like they want to be treated. And he went down this whole line and I let him go through the whole list. And then I looked at him. I said, man, I got some bad news for you. He said, what is it? I said, man, you're going to hell, man. <laughs> I said, you're going to hell, man. I said, that, listen, I said, that stuff you named does not qualify you to get into heaven. I said, because if it qualified you to get into heaven, we wouldn't need Jesus Christ. What's the whole purpose in Jesus coming to live a sinless life when I got to live one? No, 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 no. He came to live the life I couldn't so I can have the life he had. So I said, hey, man, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> I said, uh, that ain't going to get you in, bro. That ain't going to get you in, man. I said, listen, if you want to get in, you have to make Jesus the Lord of your life. I said, and so I went through the whole thing. I told him why he needed Jesus and why Jesus died for sin and why Jesus was qualified to do that. And I walked through it all. And then I just broke it down. I said, hey, listen, man. I said, based, I said, here's the deal. The only person who knows your purpose in life is your manufacturer, and that's God. 
And the only way you're going to get be able to connect with that manufacturer, you got to go through the door, and the door is called Jesus Christ. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come to the Father but by me. I don't care what religion you have. I don't care what they're telling you. Listen, you can only come to God through Jesus Christ. And I said, if you don't come through that door, man, listen, I'm sorry. It ain't going to work out well for you. I did. And so I said, I said, so what, what's, what's stopping you today from making Jesus the Lord of your life? And he said, I guess it's just me. I said, well, you can change that right now. So long story short, I led that guy to Jesus Christ right there, right? I got a reward when that happened. Because God is looking and when I see if you seek him first, the kingdom of God, well, what's one of the priorities of the kingdom? Souls. Right. Don't you think souls would be a priority of the kingdom? When you pursue God and you're doing it his way, what you're saying is, OK, God, I'm going to die to what I want to do so you can live and do what you want to do. And man, when that comes, let me tell you something, it becomes an exciting life. Now, is it a stress free life? No, is it a worry-free life? It can be if you choose. But here's the question. Is it a problem-free life? No, because Jesus said in this world, you're going to have tribulation. He said, but be a good cheer. I've already overcome the world. So listen, some of you all need to straighten your thinking out right now because you thought, man, since I'm a Christian, everything ought to just work out for me. I shouldn't have no problems. Eh. Because you live in a sinful world, it's impacted with imperfect people, which includes you. Agree? Okay, so that means I'm going to experience some things in life that I'm not happy with. However, if I will keep an attitude of faith and keep God first, he's going to work that thing out together for my good all the way. And so there are some people today. Here's the application of today's message. Two things. How do you get in position to get the rewards that God has? How do you get in position for God to pay you? Number one, make a daily decision to obey his word. I'm going to read Psalm 19. I'm going to read verse 9 because it's a lot of reading. I started in verse 7, but I'm going to read in verse 9 because it's talking about the word of God. In fact, the first part of, of uh, Psalm 19, verse 7 says, the law of the Lord is perfect or the word of the Lord is perfect. So verse 9 says, the fear of the Lord is clean and doing forever. Verse 10, more to be desired, talking about the word, more to be desired are they than gold, yes, than fine gold, sweeter than the honey and the honeycombs. Look in verse 11. Moreover, by them, by them what? By the words, your servant is warned and in keeping of them, in keeping what? In keeping his word, there is a what kind of reward? Man, I don't care what you say. You can live sloppy like you want to. That's all right. Live sloppy. I'm going to try to live as, as, as close to the word as I can. And when, here's my philosophy. When you mess up, fess up. I'm going to live as close to this word as I can. So while you slipping and sliding. Man, I'm, 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 I'm confessing. Uh, what did I say? Uh, I, when you mess up confessing, I'm, I'm right there, right? And I'm doing what I need to do. And God is saying, okay, whoo, Evan's in, in position to get a reward. So it's from the word that when we keep it, it gives us a reward. Here's number two. is when we pursue God every day in prayer. 
that's how we get in position for the reward because reward comes from diligent prayer. Matthew 6, 6 says this, but, but you, when you pray, enter into your closet and when you have shut your door, pray to the Father which is in secret and your Father which sees you in secret shall do what? Reward you open. There's a reward that comes from seeking God in prayer. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, there are some people here today The mentality that you've had regarding salvation was controlled by fear. It was controlled by works. There are things that you didn't do because you thought you'd go to hell. And you know what? I guess if it kept you from doing wrong, that's good. But at the end of the day, it's still bondage because I'm really free from sin. Sin doesn't change my sonship. Sonship changes my sin. Oh, that's so good right there. And there's some people who are watching me. Thank you, Jesus. There's somebody watching me on the lens. And your struggle has been this. When I stop doing this, I'm talking to somebody right now. I'm talking to some people, some people in this room right now with every head bowed. You say to yourself, well, if, if I stop doing this, when I stop doing this and this and this, then I'll give my life to the Lord fully. But let me tell you something, you'll never stop. Because you don't have the power to stop. But if you'll just give your life to Him where it is right now, God is bigger than the sin that you're in. And He's waiting on you to give Him your heart. And as you give Him your heart, your heart will change. And so if you die today and you're not 100% sure you go to heaven, I'm talking to you right now. There's somebody watching me who needs salvation. You're not sure if you died, you'd go to heaven. If you're not sure, I'm talking to you right now. Even in this room. If you're not 100% sure you'd go to heaven when you die, I want you to pray with me. Then there are some people today who need to rededicate their life to the Lord. Recommit your life to Him. Surrender 100%. Doesn't mean He's not your Savior, but you're not yielding enough to Him for Him to be Lord. And then there are some people who need to join Word of Truth Family Church. I'm talking to some people in the room, and I'm talking to some that are watching me through the lens. So here's what I'm going to do. Those of you who are watching through the lens, if you, if you need salvation, I'm going to pray a prayer. And then after I pray the prayer and you pray it with me, I want you to type in the comment section, I prayed the prayer of salvation today. Those of you who are here in the house, and those of you who are watching, let's pray this prayer together. Say, Lord Jesus. Come on, say it together. Lord Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died for my sins. I believe God raised you from the dead. And today, I make you my Lord and Savior. Holy Spirit, come on the inside. Change me.